welcome to Driving the Trains with Steve McKay. Hey folks, Steve McKay here. We're back where we belong in Studio M and it's Wednesday night. And as promised, I have a special guest. Say hello, Adam. Hello everyone. My name's Adam Anderson. Oh, he's going to go with the last name. So yeah. just a thing on the use, my usage of names. Um, I got feedback from my girlfriend. I was out testing the mics last night. She was out cavorting with her coworkers. And so I went out and picked her up. And that way I got to test out the mics. She, and she gave me some feedback, which I'm actually going to attach to the end of this podcast, about my usage of names and my inability to remember names. So I generally, I'm generally only going to use people's first names. That way, if they want to remain semi-anonymous, they can. Um, but if uh, if you want your last name published, and you know, I say your name, just drop me a note on one of the socials and let me know it's okay to use your last name, and then I'll try to remember it and repeat it. Uh, anyway, speaking of things I couldn't remember, uh, last podcast, um, Craig from the Train Rush—that's his podcast name. I couldn't remember his podcast name. Um, today, we're we're doing process improvements. I actually have an outline with notes taped to the dashboard, so... It's true. It's, this, it's taped there. This this could be our best episode ever. Um, and speaking of the socials, uh, my last episode generated a little controversy. And, um, not too much. I've actually spoken with one of the game designers of the games I was talking about. Uh, thanks, Lucas, for reaching out. Uh, he appreciated the honest feedback, and uh, I, still, I still think he's got the genesis of a great game there, so... Um, but, uh, Scott from All Aboard, uh, has, has relabeled my podcast as, uh, Steve's Brutal Thoughts About 18xx. Um, I, I hope I'm not too brutal. Uh, if I, if I am too brutal, just reach out to me. Driving Chains on Twitter or, um, Steve MC on the Slacks and, uh, let me know. Um, we're writing for trains today, so if you hear a little excitement in the background, that's what we're doing, um. It's a train podcast, so I guess that's appropriate, right? Yeah, this is this is what we wanted. This is what we wanted. Somehow we managed to line up uh, the Caltrain with um, with the podcast. Um, so uh, I want to thank everybody actually who listens to this thing. Uh, I was shocked and amazed when I started. I was like, you know, if I get like twenty five streams of the first episode, I'll be happy. That'll that'll be fine. And as of now, I've got over 200 streams on the first episode, which is just amazing. Um, 45% of them outside the U.S., including 3% um, from Poland. And I'm, I'm hoping that's the Rails on Boards guys because uh, they make a great product. And uh, I'm really happy with their stuff. Okay, that's enough intro, though. Oh, here, here's the train, actual train whistle. If you can't hear the crossing. Um, so, Adam... A little more about you here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How how long have you been playing 18xx? What this uh, train go by a second? Okay, so I've I've been playing 18xx since the summer of 2017. I first got introduced to it um, when I went to the World Board Game Championships (WBC). It's a um, board gaming con that's held in Seven Springs, outside of Pittsburgh, in Pennsylvania. I uh, had no idea what HNXX was at that time. Had never heard of it. Uh, I I went to the con for Euro games and other board games I was playing at the time. When I arrived first day, uh, we went through registration at uh, like 8 a.m. and 
I think it was like about an hour later, it was going to be the first 18xx game. At this point, I still had never heard of it. And my friend, um, Devin, who was big into the, the games, said, come with me, you're going to learn this game. And he brought me to their hour-long demo they had before the tournament starts. And they showed me how to play 1846. And then after I learned how to play 1846 in that hour, they brought me into the downstairs room where they they host the 18xx games and threw me into a game. Uh, that con is very friendly when it comes to new players and players helping you out, even though it is kind of a tournament setting. I, I really like that. Um, had a great time in my first game. And uh, came back to the Bay, had a big problem getting 18xx games in, in the Bay. And about six months later is when I found the East Bay Train Gamers group that I now play in, and that's how I met Steve here. Yeah, yeah. And so for, I think I mentioned the last podcast, and I think I put the link up on the notes, but you know, our Wednesday night game is actually an open game. Um, you just uh, find us on meetup.com, East Bay Train Gamers, and uh, come out and play some games. All right, so... How many, so you've been playing for a little over, how many years now? What, like two, two, two years? and a half years. Yeah, so you're two about a half years. year ahead of me. How, yeah. many, how many total plays of 18xx do you think you have? In, so I'm going to have to guess, I'm going to have to guess here because well, I, yeah. I, I. We don't track our yeah, plays, I, folks. We're yeah. not that, we're geeks, but we're not that geeky. We're not that, well, I kind of started, so maybe I've, oh. I've gone down that rabbit hole okay. now. All right. Yeah, but I, I really haven't tracked all my games. I, I think that I'm somewhere in the range of 150 to, to 200 games. So we've been playing about one game a week, and I miss some weeks here and there, and then I probably get in two or you know maybe two weekends a month for those couple of years, and then a bunch of games on the various cons I go to. So I think I'm in, in that range of I games. I think that's a safe number. I, I think I'm about the same number. I, I think I play a little bit more than you because... I don't know why. I think I, I miss Wednesdays less than you do, so, yeah. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah. I think you get more... You weekend. might get more weekend games in than I do. That's probably true. That's w- probably true. One thing is when I play weekend games, I usually go for a longer game. And I... So it usually is only, usually is only one game yeah. on the weekend. Yeah. And so what's the favorite title? My favorite title is 1817. Yeah, I that. It's I. It, it took a few plays to get there, but um, it just keeps getting better and better the more I play it. All right, so the, the I've got the note on here. What Steve learned about Adam and Chattanooga? He asked me, "Hey, what did you learn?" And I said, "What's well, a surprise? Did you figure out what I've learned yet?" No, I, I couldn't figure it out. He you, said it's supposed to be obvious, though. It's obvious, and it's about gameplay. Okay, okay, folks. So just so everybody knows, Adam is a better 18xx player than I am. Um, he regularly, I'd say he wins about 30% of the games we're in, maybe, maybe a little higher than that. Um, but considering we play a lot of five player games, that means he is winning vastly more than his fair share. Um, he's not, we have one player in the group who is, if we collude, we can beat him, but otherwise Mm -hmm. we're losing to him. That's, that's Simon. He doesn't, thankfully doesn't play that often. Um, but, uh, so, okay. So, but what I learned in Chattanooga is is that Adam can be talked in to doing shit. Mm. Okay? We played two different games, and admittedly, one, alcohol was involved, but the other one was the morning after. I believe we were fairly sober, and 
you got talked into shit. Now, to be fair, he did not get talked into shit that crippled his game or made him lose or anything like that. Yeah. But he did get talked into some shit that did not help other players. And so, when you so now knowing this, I'm going to modify how we play 18xx, and I'm going to attempt to talk Adam into shit because sometimes you're not playing the game; you're playing the player. So. Very know, true. You know, that's we we, we normally play a lot of our games with a, a minimal amount of table talk and uh, yeah but yeah. probably for the best for me so I don't get talked into things yeah. that'll hurt my own position yeah I, I think to, to I think one of the things I got talked into at the con and, and this was a game where I was sober in the morning uh, was a particular track lay it, it benefited me a, a lot in relative to who I thought was second and third player I thought I was winning the game. Steve was was probably the second was going to be the second or third player. Um, but the person that talked me into it, they got a huge benefit out of it, and it was much more than I I thought that they were going to get. It let them run a diesel across the map instead of ending halfway through the map. Probably doubled their run, and it brought them from. Uh, what would have been fourth place all the way to second. Yes. And it likely bumped Steve out of the top five. No, I, I was uh, fourth. I was fourth. No, I mean, am oh, I... Am I no, 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 no. No, I didn't? This, no, I didn't, because the scoring... Oh, yeah, we'll get into that. Oh, yeah. So, all right, let's switch to Adam and Chattanooga. That's the next thing on the agenda. And so let's let's get into the score. We'll do the scoring in a minute. Um, so what was what was the most interesting, which is not necessarily the best... Like, what was the most mm. interesting game or interesting thing that happened in a game for you in Chattanooga? I think, I think I'll go with the most interesting thing that happened in a game in Chattanooga for me was... This was in our, so we, we were playing a game of 1882, and uh, we, it was Natty, Steve, and then our friend Jeremiah. Were, it was a four-player oh. game of 1882. <laughs> and, and we'll get into 1882 later about how there's a private where... You can float it this company, but then the company adds a train of the current type into the stack of trains. And in the past when we played this, it, it was really like kind of melting my mind adding this train because it's like you know, if you're on the four train and you're on the poison four train, you're adding another poison four train. And our our friend Jeremiah found this brilliant um, jaw dropping. Jaw dropping strategy to, to get through this where he floated a different company first and waited for uh, us to go ding his shares really Steve to ding his shares down from 100 and because I always whenever someone starts a company in any 1830 style game and they start at 100 I feel it's my civic duty to ding it at least once like you have to ding it at least once yeah and Steve is known for this in our, in our games and I think Jeremiah has been waiting for multiple games for his opportunity to do this. But, but right after Steve bought the first share, and, and Steve likes to go around and buy a few shares and then dump, dump all of them. So he's sitting on one share, and then it comes to Jeremiah's turn. And he sells... Um, Five. Sorry, sorry. He, no, no. It's, he he waits until you bought two shares. No, no, no. I bought the first, yeah. but I was in the process of starting my own company, but I hadn't finished that yet. And, and so I bought the first share, and Jeremiah dumps four into the pool. Yeah. And at that point, I'm stuck. I, I could either try to take over Jeremiah's company 
and not float my original one or what? It was like, ah! <laughs> yep. And then, then Jeremiah floated his company that added the train in and then he kind of ensured that all the companies were going to get floated. So we were going to have, I think it was $3,000 coming into the game and then we were going to blow the, the trains wide open. And uh, if he did it the other way, um, we probably would have started two and we would have stalled. And yeah, well, my, I think Natty was in a better position, but, but it was, yeah. it was really great. And then there was this huge fight over the trains um, and just no one saw it coming. And uh, the look on Steve's face was quite priceless. It was, I, I was literally jaw hanging open. Jeremiah laughing his ass off was the situation we were in. Yeah. All right. Uh, just a quick update, people. Um, Adam had to go to Berkeley to hire a guy to put a shiv in a snitch. And um, so we're leaving a little early today, which means my normal 30 minutes to get a halfway across the bridge has turned into 12. Uh, Berkeley exists in this time-space continuum where it's possible to arrive at 5.50 or 5.20, but at no time in between. So uh, we're making a lot of progress. We may not get through the agenda. So let's see, where are we at here? Uh, uh, here. Let's, uh, let's go skip down to how you did in the tournament. So how did you do in the tournament? So in the end, I, I took ninth place. I had three wins and uh, second place for that ninth place. But my three wins were in a five-player game and a six-player game. And, and the way a tournament in Chattanooga runs, I think Steve talked about this on the last podcast, is you get... You get a higher weighting of points for winning a higher but you didn't game. you didn't get a 62 in right i didn't get a 62 in and so i didn't get this extra bonus point for playing the game with the with a uh, featured game of the tournament and with that bonus point i would have jumped up quite a bit there was it's a very small so, margin of points i think what, so i got a 62 play in but you know what it wasn't recorded. It wasn't recorded. It wasn't recorded. Oh. I would have finished third if they had, like, I don't know what happened to the score sheet. Who knows? Mistakes were made, but I would have gotten a third with that. Damn Is it? Oh, it didn't, get, it didn't get turned in. It the score sheet. It, well, I think it, it I, who knows what happened. But yeah, it didn't, it's not in, I was like looking to see what I played because I couldn't remember because it's me. And yeah, I was like, wait a minute, there's no 62 on here. There's no bonus point. So. Gosh. Yeah, I could have gotten a plaque. Ah, well, next year, next year. All right, let's let's go now into 82. We talked briefly about Jeremiah, like, popping my eyeballs out of my head. Um, mm -hmm. This is a new game uh, by Mark Boyer. Uh, he's actually printing, or he's making copies for people. I, I don't know how much they cost. Um, it's worth every penny. It doesn't really matter how much it costs because this is a, a truly... Um, interesting 1830 variant um and actually i got a message from mark he was a little disappointed that he didn't feature in the roundup because he knew i'd played it um and he was looking for his um his feedback and i said not to worry um we'll have feedback for you um so adam talked a little bit about the privates tell walk us through what you think is innovative about this game and its privates adam so the the this game is uh sort of an 1830-style game. And in, in normal 1830, the privates have these powers that don't get played often, or usually you're valuing the privates just on the, the income and then how much capital you can get in the buy-in. This game adds these very interesting privates that drastically change how the game 
plays out in their powers. So let's, let's see if I can do a quick recap of the privates in the game. Well, there's one that does nothing. It's just five it, bucks or something. Yeah, that's the standard $20 private that, yeah. does, that does that. Uh, I think the next one is it reserves the... Um, it's basically a the, concession, the, the Saskatchewan, a right? one share concession of a Saskatchewan company, which is a 10 share company. And so it reserves you that presidency. At some point in the game, you can flip it over. You you buy the other share at that point at whatever you par it at. Um, and then that company gets to pick any open spot on the board where it can lay its home station. So, uh, you know, you might think, interesting thing about that is Someone might think that their routes are safe, and then bam, this company pops up right there on pre-built track. Well, and it's the one that adds the train. And it's the one that adds the train. So it, whatever train you're on, besides the two. So if you're on the two and you, and you do this, then no train gets added. Um, but beyond that, it could add a three train. It could add another poison four, which both times I've played this game, it's got started on the four train and would have been another poison four. Uh, it could add a five train or a six train, even in a diesel. Well, I guess diesel no, not wouldn't diesel. matter. Yeah, you got to because it closes on the six. Closes on yeah. the six. So, but the interesting thing about this company is that if another interesting thing is that it if you don't start the, the Saskatchewan with that cert, it leaves the game, and so there's one less yes. company available to start in the game. So. That's that's pretty cool, um, that's, and you can buy it in if, if you're worried about yeah, it. Yeah, it's only it's only fifty dollar, so it's not. I think it's only fifty, so it's not a huge buy-in. But if you know that 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 could be a thing, then there's one that like pays you for every bridge that's built. Yes, this this is the replacement for the Camden from 1830. So it's a similar price comes with a random share, and then instead of getting a fixed dividend like the Camden, the Camden. You get paid anytime someone plays a bridge or builds into the river. Uh, and the rivers in the game are when you complete the track, not when you play into both sides. Yeah. But they, they get $10 from the bank whenever someone yeah. builds a river. And, then, and, and the money, so it can be kind of, um, some rounds you get zero, some rounds you get much more than 25. Yeah. And then it's got a private that you get the presidency of uh, can pack, and then there's got another private that lets you teleport. This is one of my favorite ones. So you can you can choose a spot in one region of the map, and uh, and you can teleport a token into there. A token now it has to be a token that's in on the map already, which is an interesting thing. And you can lay a tile as part of that. Um, so, it, but it, it allows you to like yeah, you got token out, you 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 hemmed in on the map. You can escape that. So anyway, really innovative privates. You're going to want to use them on like 1830s, which you're just using them to raid cash and uh, and good. Um, okay, so the, my favorite thing to do, if you have not heard this already, is I love to lay track. I am fairly good at laying track. I love the spatial stuff. I'm and off frequently in games, even with people who've played them multiple times. It'll be my first play and they'll go, I never knew you could build that route. And so that's one of my favorite things. And I've got to hand it to Mr. Voyeur because the track in this game is deliciously brutal. I mean, I just, it, it just defies, first of all, there's only four 57s. There's no other yellow cities. There's only one of each uh, dit. You know, and, and then when you get in the brown, 
or the green, actually. The green, there's like, what, six tiles available or something like that? It's, it's, like, it's very small. When you lay it out, it's just like, yeah. wh- where is the stack of track at? Yeah, it's just yeah. like... And so they'll be, you'll be like going, oh yeah, I just want to do that simple upgrade. Like, give me the yellow tile or the green tile that has a, you know, it's a Y, it's diverging track. Yeah, that's not in the game. You're not getting that tile. You'll never get that tile. <laughs> just, and, and the thing is, is that it's not just that he removed these track elements. And so you have to be a little bit more basic. It's that when you lay track, you're oftentimes looking at the track and I got a guy waiting for emerald in front of me. Green's not good enough. Um, and and you 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 know you'll be looking at this track and going, huh? I can lay this track, or I could lay two pieces of track so that after the the next track lay, I'll actually be able to get somewhere. Because if not, I'll be pointing at something that points towards the edge of the map, and there's no track that fits in that spot. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I mean, it's not just that he removed track; it's that. There's, you want to use it all over the damn place, and you can work around it, but you better plan two or three track lays ahead. Otherwise, yep. you just you pointed nowhere, and and it's just it's just fantastic. So and there's only three um, brown cities. Yeah. So or- so you those go right those go right away because it's a fight. Yeah. It's a fight over those, and then. Afterwards, you have all these track lays where you are building around it. Yeah. So you spend a lot of time, yeah, and sabotaging the, the track and making routes around. Where's the? What's the name of the major city in it? I forget the. I forget mm. the name of the major city. Yeah. But it but it, it, it starts out kind of like a double O tile, but then it turns into a brown K tile. But depending upon which direction it's laid, like I, I we. We we I played a game where well actually it was that game with us right yep we we laid it facing south and it was just like yeah the the train the company that homes out of there they're just never having any runs with anything it was it yeah, was the only ways yeah. out were tokened yeah so they were they were trapped yeah yeah um okay so awesome job on the track Mark uh let's see we're we're way ahead of time here we've been going only twenty two minutes we're, we're like. Like we're almost minutes. at Berkeley. Yeah, we're like almost there. Um, let's see. Uh, we're going to skip over. Um, we already did one of those things. How about any strategy tips for this game? So speaking to the track, you have to look at the track that's available and make sure that you can actually do the thing you're trying to do. This is where I make a lot of my mistakes in 1882 because I'm play a lot of games where the track is almost always there. Like we were playing 22 beforehand, and you can do whatever you want. Uh, other strategy tips is there's these, the way the stationings get played in that game really changes the outcome. You have these neutral stations instead of having only your company stations, and they sort of let you lock down your route, but it locks it down by leaving it open for you and everyone else. So you, you don't want to lay them, but at some point you, you're like, oh, I really need to lay this thing. And they're free. So I don't lose my... They're free. They're they don't free. cost $100. You know, they're free. And so, so the strategy of where those get laid and locking down your route with those... Uh, well, and it, if you think you're going to get the National to open up the National, the, the National uses the neutrals as its station. So, yeah, you know... Yeah. I played a game of 1882 where two companies floated early. I opened the third company, and there was no 57 cities for me to lay. 
Yeah. There was only two companies in the game before I floated, and there was no track for me to lay. Yeah. And then, and we were still in yellow. Uh, that's pretty big. Yeah. Um, I think that the can pack is is quite a bit, bit better than the B&O. Can pack's got pretty oh, good yeah. long-term no, yeah, long term outcome, great stations. Yeah, the can pack is, is good. It's, if you want to... So if, if it's your first play of 82, my strategy tip is get the freaking can pack. Because yeah. it's it's going to allow you to buy one company. It's going to have a ton of money at the beginning of the game. Because there's not a lot of money at the beginning of the game. So people are going to help you float it. And and it'll just run steadily on through. Don't buy a four train. Just buy a three train. And then when you have to buy the six, if you don't get a five, you'll buy it out of pocket. And, you know, you probably won't have to buy diesel out of pocket. It just lets you have a nice, safe game. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe not always safe. Well, okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, one that my only criticism of this game, and it's, it's not even a, a real criticism, it's that this game is, you look at this game and you're going to go, oh, I've got my buddies that I've played a copy of 46 with them once, and this looks like a nice second title. It's like not got a huge map, and you can lay two track, and there's not a lot of companies, and there's only a few privates. This, is, this looks like a great second game. And then you play it, and you realize that this is a game for experts. The track is difficult to figure out. The train rush is monstrously brutal and variable with that extra company. This this is not... I mean, yes, you could sit down with people who've only played one or two games and they'd be able to struggle through it until you bankrupted someone, but you're going to bankrupt someone. This is mm-hmm. this is, has no Mark Derrick safety rails, okay? And and when I, when I was chatting with Mark on the Slack, he was like, yeah, you know, I mean, I like a game that bankrupts the people because that way, you know, you can just start a, ne- a second game. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to start some second games of this game. Don't, this is, you know, don't be deceived by it looks small and quaint and this is like, you know, gentle game. This is, this is a rough game. Um, it, if yeah. it's your first time play, I think my recommendation would be try to get east-west going. That seems to be where a lot of money's at. So lock down those routes early. And then it's... we've I've only seen two companies float early, which means that the Campac usually can par at 100 and float and have the money. But I'm sure there's plenty <coughs> of other variations that I just haven't played yet. Yeah, we haven't played a lot. So Yeah, I've only played twice. To, you know. and, and I know we're playing with some wrong rules. Like we were not allowing companies to token inside the starting city for the QFL and... And mm-hmm. apparently you're like like thirty would do, and like with the Erie, uh, so apparently you can do that. And I think we're screwing up a couple other things. Yeah, my only feedback for Mark for um, for Mark on this one was let me let me have a stab at the rule book, and because I think the card for the one that comes with the share of stock lists certain number of companies, but the rules in the rule book list is different. Like the Saskatchewan's in the rule book, but not on the card, and so anyway. But yeah, overall. For- if you, if you get a chance to play this game, do not turn it down. A, it's not going to take very long because it is a, it is a shorter game. Um, and B, it's just it's going to be a lot of fun. So, I, I would have liked to have one more fifty-seven title, but that's no. that's pretty small. No. I think I, I think that yeah. No, no, I disagree. 
But then it's a, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. What, five, you, had a, you had a 57, five. and the next thing you know, you're adding, what, 25, the diverging Y. It, it's, no, just, you don't need that. It's, it's got every tile it needs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, we're, we're, well, yeah, we're going to be pretty damn early, folks. Um, all right, let's let's move on to 18 Alex. Uh, that's next up on the agenda. Um, you can listen to the previous podcast for my views on 18 Alex. Um, uh, Adam is going to love this game because he he didn't just win the game. First of all, Jonathan Anderson, who's not related to Jonathan J or Adam Anderson, and I'm mm-hmm. very disappointed about that because <laughs> um, I think he should be related to both. But Jonathan Anderson. Um, taught us this game because it comes from his neck of the woods. And Jonathan is, well, he finished second in the tournament. He's a really damn good player. He's played mm-hmm. the game many, many times. And, and our Mr. Anderson, um, I think he won that game like $3,000, $2,400. $2,400. 10000 So next player down was 74, 75% of your score. So, yeah. yeah. You get a, you're going to well, have to like this game. If you win the first time you play a title, it's it's automatically going to jump to, like, your top ten. Well, right? no. See, my problem is that's usually the only time I win the title. So. Mm, yeah. But but anyway. that beginner's luck. Yeah. Well, you know. So what did the, you love about about Alex, though? What 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 was your... I I think this was my probably my favorite new game that I've played lately. And I, I've been wanting to play more and more 41. I really like 41. And Alex... I think it's Alex, um, 18 Alex tries to take the ideas in 41 and streamline a lot of them, make the gameplay a lot faster, keeps some of the same um, sort of mental gymnastics that you're doing, the same kind of puzzles, uh, but remove a lot of the, the chrome and the borders, that kind of stuff. And they, they built the game using a lot of the... Um, Similar kind of track pieces that are unique to 41. Uh, I really like that. I think, I mean, I think you, well, from what I saw, the tools that you employed is, you know, the ability to start the company, another company, out of your first company. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that, that, always fun. I mean, that's the big thing I liked about 41 was companies starting other companies. And so in 18 Alex, they can still do that. They start shipping companies instead of other training companies. And there's some big differences there. Um, but 18 Alex gets rid of the part where they buy, they can just buy shares of other railroad companies yeah. and, and sell them. And so that removes a lot of the, like, like things you would do. It, it removes a lot of, like, bookkeeping. I really like that all that bookkeeping is kind of gone between the ORs. I like when the ORs and the stock rounds are separate. So, like, a thing that I've done in previous 41 games is, like, change turn order mid-OR by using my company to buy and sell a share of a company. Um, and so that was always... I, I even, and I've even stopped people from topping out of the stock market and ending the game early. If you play in the early versions of 41, the game would end immediately. But you can slow that down by like buying their shares and selling them. And if the table does that, they'll, never, they'll pretty much never get there. Yeah. I, maybe I shouldn't say never. So Alex removed that part of the game. I really enjoyed that. Uh, it let you buy five shares of the shipping company at once, so it's it's very easy to to do. Like you're forced to do it. So there's it removes that part where you spend five minutes thinking about the capitalization. You just you know you 
there's not very many choices in capitalization. There's only, you probably want to pick the biggest one you can hit and you just go with that. It really streamlines it. Streamlines it. Uh, the other big thing I liked about the game was the first game I ever played where they got rid of being able to sell and buy shares in the same part of the stock round. Oh, you're right. I've totally forgotten about the stock stuff. So the stock mechanism in this game is you enter a stock round in priority order. Everybody goes around and sells anything they want to sell. And that's your one shot. You're done. You don't. You can no longer sell stock after you pass. You only get one go in that first round, and then you enter a buy set of rounds, and you can buy shares um, willy nilly, one at a time. But you can no longer sell shares, and and I thought that was very cool. And I, I did like that. Yes, our our stock rounds went very fast because of those rules. Yes, it. It was hard to get used to at first, though, because something yeah. would happen in that in that stock round, and you'd be like, "Oh, I really need to sell this now. Oh, I can't anymore." Yeah. Well, and and the thing is, is that it it makes priority a double edged sword. Yes, I get to sell first, but I don't know what the hell anybody else is selling. So, you know, maybe I'd I'd want to delay. You know, it's almost maybe they need to do like a, you know, when the when when they maybe first pass and you get to choose a number because maybe you want to go last. You know. Um, and, yeah. and so, yeah, that, I, I did think that was, that was pretty cool. Um, I'd forgotten about that. Uh, yeah, that was a cool element. Um, so I criticized this game because of the, um, kind of, uh, solo play on the track lane. It was like, you're really operating in different, different parts of the map. You agree with that, Adam? You disagree? What's what's your I, I disagree with your assessment All right. on, on okay. this game. Yeah. So here's my thoughts on it is I don't think that the game we ended up playing was was a good representation of of how the board would normally get played. And the reason I think that's the case before that, I will say the game we played was that way. The particular like it was very siloed. Like I had control of um, a really good part of the board. No one else was there. Yeah. And I think that was a big part of me winning the game. Uh, however, looking at that part of the map, there was two companies on that side of the board that were randomly shuffled out of the game. So, so that was a big factor there. A second, another factor was um, I had the blue company, the SFTG, I think is what it is. That's in the middle of the board. It's the company from 1841. It works kind of similar that it has two starting stations close uh, by. Yes, yes. Uh, the SFTN, the TAN company, was right next to me, similar to 1841. That, that concession was available in the initial auction and would have been on that part of the board, but, but no one put it up and no one took it. So then it was removed from the game. Yeah. And so that not getting started um, gave me even more access. I had to buy less stations to do what I wanted to do. Um, and it left Milan, the Milan area. I don't know if it's still called that in Alex, but the thing that's supposed to be the big money, the yeah. big 100, but it's, it's not 100 in this game. It's this pink 60 or it actually becomes a hundred. It becomes a hundred. Yeah, it becomes a hundred. Anyway, the big station on the board would normally be this like race to it and token it out. And it stayed open all game in, yeah. in our game. And yeah. I think with, there was more companies that would have been more of a race 
the uh, there's there's some other reasons I think it happened is we had two players that um, in our game that started a minor company instead of a major, oh, and yeah. that affected how many track plays they could they could make until they grew up. They grew up pretty quickly because they realized it was a mistake, um, and that was unfortunate. And so that limited how soon they got to the that side of the board, and also how soon that they interacted. And then lastly, we only had two shipping companies start, I think. Yeah. When I started the shipping company, I realized that it gives you a, a, a lot more track delay, and the shipping companies get a lot of stations pretty cheap, and then they're going to build in, and they're going to start tokening stuff up. Yeah. And so I think with more shipping companies and these other things, there would be a lot of more interaction in the game. The game does play fast, though, so probably by the time there is interaction and it gets decided the game is almost over yeah yeah and and so i mean i i i didn't mention in my my other podcast i don't think is that i actually played an investor strategy um i I didn't i didn't start the game thinking i was going to play investor strategy i thought i would um actually dump my shares and start something um but my it was it was 8 30 in the morning after we had been playing um, very late the previous night. And, um, and so, and it was, a, you know, I was an unfamiliar game and I knew that I was playing a game with both Mr. Andersons. And so my luck was better off investing in their companies and, uh, seeing what they did and sort of watching the game unfold and then try to dump and attack them. Um, I didn't feel like I was confident with my early, early, uh, game open. And so, but uh, but the I never got an opportunity to dump the companies. It was it never made sense. It was like, no, I'm getting paid too much money. The stock's appreciating too much. If I go in OR without any revenue, I just will never catch up. Like it's impossible. So, um, so I didn't mean to play an investor, but I was kind of forced to once I, that game started. And so what that meant was there was one or two less companies started, and so maybe that had a lot to do with the interactivity. And what do you think about how the investor strategy played out? I don't think the, I don't think it's possible to win. I don't think yeah. it's possible to win. I think the problem is, so this game has these pink cities that pay directly to the director and bypass any investors, and it's too much money. It's $200 at the end of the game per pink city, um, and um, I, I could have beat Jeremiah, I think, if it wasn't for that. If he had to mm-hmm. pay that out, I think I would actually beat Jeremiah. Um, Jeremiah was, I was heavily invested in one of his companies because it was appreciating so much. Um, so... We're almost we're almost done with the drive here, folks. But maybe we'll just you're going to be early for your meeting, aren't you? Yeah, yeah so, we probably go yeah, a little, we go little longer. Long. So part, there's yeah. a couple of things about this game. So first of all, as I mentioned, Adam is a pretty damn good player, and he did a brilliant move that the other Mister Anderson had never seen done before. That I thought was just absolutely like mwah, chef's kiss here. So there's a there is a forced merger of a, a group of companies in this game, just like there is in 41. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Jonathan Anderson had part his two companies. He had the group of, of forced merger companies, um, and he had parted them fairly far apart. And Adam was operating in between and forced the merger after one had operated, which meant the other would never operate that OR. And yes. so... Jonathan was like, uh, I don't get to run this, these trains, like these, these trains that are earning me a ton of money. And he was by far ahead of the game. All of a sudden it was like, 
he was, you know, Jonathan went into that set of ORs, the clear winner, and came out of that set of ORs, clearly not the winner, and probably not even in second place. It, it, I think it cost him, like, you know, like $160 on his runs in the mid-game. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's like two more shares he could have bought, or a really good share. Yeah. I, and I think that later company, he had got his nice trains over there, his, like, bigger trains and his good routes, and it was a... It was a miter company, so he he had like sixty percent of it in three shares. Yeah, it, it yeah that really hurt him. Yeah, it was a brutal, brutal maneuver. Awesome to watch. So okay, now think back to this game. One of the one of my my thoughts on this game are that there might be a formula to how you have to play this game. It feels like to me, you have to start your company. The third, it's like a six set of ORs game. Maybe seven, six or seven, I forget exactly. I Yeah, I think it's five to seven. Five to seven, probably, set of ORs game. And so you start your company. In the third OR set, you have to start a shipping company. And that helps you, first of all, it, it gives you additional capital because you're, you're able to dump the shipping company's shares into the market. You know, so in the first of the two ORs, you start the company. The second of the two ORs, it dumps a bunch of capital in, and it can immediately use that capital to buy trains. It does so. Then you go into a stock round. You buy its cheap shares. Then you go into the next set of ORs, and you merge your two companies, um, which gives it even more, which brings the capital into your major company and the tokens, and then the next set of ORs, and then it runs the train, and the next set of ORs, the game's over. And I just feel like, and which is the formula you had, and that yeah, we're not, and, and and so Jonathan Anderson didn't have the, I don't know if he didn't have the capital or what happened, but that missed run really threw him for a loop. He did not start a shipping company, and Jeremiah did start a shipping company, but he started it around set later. Yeah, he probably shouldn't have. And and it was so it was too late, and so that's that's I mean I want to play it again because. I'm just wondering if it if it is somewhat formulaic. If like that's the way to win, and you always have to follow that formula, um, then it, then it might you know need, need some more tweaking. Thoughts I, on that? Uh, yeah, I I think I need to play it more to see if that's the way it plays out. It seemed like you could probably get by without a shipping company in the game in various with various certain other companies, and that was sort of different than Forty One because. Because 41, it's really about getting your shell company going. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. And it is based on 41, so it that is going to be a big part of the game. Um, I, and I can't wait to play it again. It was a really fun game, and it plays really fast. I wish I would have played 18 Alex sooner in the con, so I could have got to play it again before the end of the con. And, uh, and, and to what happened with Jonathan, he... He did see that there was a different way he could have parted his companies to prevent that from happening. Yeah, you part them closer together so no one's between you, and that that's going to make he, it yeah. harder. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, it's a it's an interesting game. If you're someplace where you get an opportunity to play it, give it a shot. Um, and uh, who knows? Maybe I'm totally wrong on the lack of interactivity. Maybe it was just our game. I just I just saw all that gray all over the map, and I'm like, yeah, there's only like one pass. There's only one way to connect to these different companies, and so. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see who's right. It's an interesting game, interesting concept. 
Um, keep tinkering on to Alex. I know Jeremiah is working on an electronic version of your map. Um, I, I had one suggestion for eighteen Alex. Um, there, so it uses this token system to, to do priority. So if you can buy a yeah. share when when things merge, then that'll adjust your priority for the next stock round. Uh, I think that the, it's nice that that token system exists. I th I think it needs to be adjusted slightly to let the investor strategy be a thing. I think that hurts Steve a lot because we could grow companies and keep our priority and then buy the better oh, shares. Yeah, there was times where I was able to like grow my company and then like buy another share of it. And like they could all sell out before Steve as the investor um, was getting to buy those shares. And yet I'm getting to buy a lot more shares. Yeah. So I think that you almost want to move it when uh, the president buys shares on the merge. Like there was one time where I, I merged two companies together. I think I bought two shares without changing priority, and then I was middle of the pack, and I got to buy like the sixth share before it sold out, before the people's got a chance. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's one thing to consider. Se several people did get screwed on that. I mean, Jonathan didn't get another share of his company because of the priority order for him at the yeah. end of the game. Um, and and it, it is a tricky thing on on that priority and getting the shares. It is a share tight game. Most players did not end um, on their full shares. Right. I I had full number of certificates, but I, of course I was one down because I didn't have a presidency. Um, you managed to get full shares or no? Uh, no, I was one off. Yeah, you were yeah. one off. I think I think I, I think, just I ran out of I money. Everybody, yeah. yeah. And um, so anyway. Um, all right, so maybe that needs a little tweaking, but it, I, yeah, it, it definitely, definitely. I mean, if if you want the investor strategy to be viable, right? It might, that might needs yeah. to change. If you don't want it to be viable, if if you want to say no, I, I want people to actively participate. That, that, hey, that might, factor. You really, might put that in the designer notes though, right. to, just to say, hey guys, uh, you can try the investor strategy, but we didn't worry about if it was viable or not. I so, mean, that that factor right now in the current rule set really hurts the investor strategy because the investor strategy will buy one share at a time, always lowering their priority, and the people running companies can. Like you're able to buy, float your company all in one shot. There's a round of just floating your company in one shot. So if you're running companies, you take way less stock actions than an investor only. Yeah. And that, and but maybe that's not a way the game should be played. Um, it does change change a lot. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got a couple of notes on things. First of all. Um, there are a couple of cons coming up. I, I saw there's an announcement of a Sydney con for like maybe late fall or something like that. So in Sydney, Australia, um, it's only two days. So I don't think I'm flying to Sydney personally, but I don't know. Maybe if you're anywhere in the Pacific Rim, um, give it a shot. I guess I am on the Pacific Rim, but maybe the, the other side of the Pacific Rim. Um, and uh, there's a Hattanooga is going to be coming up. Um, that's going to be in May sometime. They, they, I think they're still working on finalizing the dates, but think mid-May on that one. Um, now, if you are interested in coming out to the Bay and playing with us, KublaCon is a large game convention here, like 3,000 people. Um, but a uh, bunch of us in the area, we organize a bunch of 18xx games for play at the con so we don't have to um, interact with you know um, people playing Werewolf. Um, and, uh, so KublaCon is like May 21st through 25th. It's like 60 bucks until mid-February and 80 bucks after that. Um, if you are interested in going to that con and playing 18XX, reach out to me on the socials and I will get you added to whatever way we choose to organize games for that con. 
Um, my for the Driving Trains podcast, it's Driving Trains on Twitter. Um, for Slack, it's Steve MC. Adam, do you do social? Do you want people? Do you want to uh, advertise anything? Or no, I don't want to totally... advertise anything. No, Adam's Adam's. Adam's not an overly social guy, which is totally not true. But yeah. um, but if you come into the Bay Area, I'll play yeah, train games with you. Yeah, exactly. Just come to the Bay, and Adam will school you on some the train game of your choice. Um, so with that... You can find me on the meetup group and message me there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, they, again, so I'll, I'll put the meetup group link in the, uh, in the podcast notes, and you can reach out to us there and come play games. I think, actually, one of the guys in Chattanooga is joining us next week. I think he's mm-hmm. out here on a business trip or something. Fun. And, um, Looking forward to that. Yeah, so, you know who it so was. that'll. Um, uh, you, well, I'll, you know I'll me and names. Yeah. Yeah. I can picture the guy's face. I played sixty-two of them after you guys flew out. Um, uh, I'm thinking Dwayne. No, no, wait a minute. Dan. He had, yeah, I think I'm thinking Dan. I'll go check. I'll 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 uh, I'll correct that in the next podcast. So anyway, with that, signing off. Great Atlantic Ocean to the white Pacific shore. From the green old flowing mountains to the south built by the shore. She's tall and handsome and she's known quite well ball. Hey folks, Steve here again. Uh, Adam is safely headed home. He uh, lives in Alameda, nowhere near where I live. And so... He doesn't go home with me. Uh, so the after game wrap up. Um, he's not going to partic- participate in that very often. So tonight we played three player 1824 on the three player side of the map. Now, um, Johnny and Eric from the Train Shuffling podcast who did a really nice shout out to me. I don't remember if I remember to say that um, on the drive over, but I really appreciated them uh, plugging the podcast and giving me good press. Um, That was very nice of them. Um, Reached out since they'd heard my 24 podcast and said, you know, should should they do the, um, the small side of the map or the big side of the map? And so tonight we did the small side of the map. We screwed it up by having one of the companies start in the wrong location. Um, Lonnie, if you're out there somewhere next printing, you might want to just, you know, put that on the map so idiots like us have a harder time messing it up. But um, other than that, uh, much better game, I think, than playing uh, three-player on the other side of the map. Um, Three-player on the other side of the map is going to feature more cash. It's going to feature almost natural like I get the orange company you get the purple company you get the brown company I get the you know just like natural synergies between all the various different components Um, and everybody's going to have a good combo Um, and you know it's just like okay we're going to generate our money and see who wins and that's kind of it not a lot of tension not a lot of like decision making, um, not, not, yeah, just not as much exciting excitement. Um, whereas the, um, the other side of the map, aha, that is the side to play. Um, just super tight map. Um, 
I, I'm su- a little surprised at the design choice by Lonnie of including the black rather than the green company. Um, I'm curious if he did actually play test it the other way around or if he screwed around with the map at all. Um, I mean, Lonnie knows what the hell he's doing, so um, it, I think I think it'd be interesting to see like if there was some sort of like variant where you could lay an overlay or something over on the regular map um, and, uh, and do the green company as opposed to the black. Um, but um, the black company is is normally the, the better company of the four um, uh, coal companies that turn into uh, publicly traded uh, railroad companies. Um, and uh, we had one player who drafted poorly on the combos, um, didn't really read the board well and understand like the priority of drafting. Drafted the number one orange, which um, in this game may not be quite as powerful as it is in the other game. Um, and uh, but uh, he added to that. The uh, number three orange, which I was at the, at the point he had his chance for his second choice. Um, he was uh, third in priority order, so he got the first and the sixth choice. Um, and so by the time he got to the sixth choice, he uh, he had every single one of the coal companies to choose from because uh, we went. Um, let's see, how do we go? We went orange one, purple one brown one brown two that was me i got both browns um and then pete um got the uh orange two and then um, we got back to jacob and he chose the orange number three rather than taking his choice of coal companies um and that means that it got back to me and there were all three coal companies and of course i take my favorite which is the yellow now the one, two, brown plus yellow combo is pretty damn strong combo. Um, it, it's, uh, you're basically going to have the north central section of the map all to yourself. You're going to get multiple yellow runs into, um, into, uh, Prague or what a Budapest or whatever the hell it is. Oh, I'm forgetting the map again. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's just it's just gonna be strong. Um, there's there's just no other way of saying it. It's gonna be a strong combo. Um, and so Jacob, uh, uh, Pete took the black. Jacob was stuck with the blue. Um, and I just continue to hate that blue company. I just hate on that blue company. Um, I think the only way that blue company works is. You buy, as soon as you can, you buy a second one G. You, um, you have one of your majors who has, like, saved its cash and maybe only bought one two rather than two. And you pop down a one G and upgrade it to a two G and you pop it back up. Um, or maybe you don't even bother with the first one G. You just lose out on a round of cash. You, you upgrade the one G to a two G by popping it down into one of your majors, and then pop it back up and lose a round of payouts. But you're not losing stock depreciation because the stock's not moving. I, I just I just hate that blue company. Um, I, I'm sure someone out there is going, Steve, you're an idiot. This is how you play the blue. But no one in our group seems to know how to play that company well. Um, 
So Pete though was brilliant um, and forced me to buy uh, for one of my two brown components. The brown earns a little less well, and I also I think I'd kind of rated it, done some goofy shenanigan y shit, done something stupid. And so I had to buy a well, I ended up buying a 3G out of pocket. Like I think I was I paid like 150 out of pocket. I, I ended up going in, uh, or no, I paid 150 negative. So I had a loan value of 225. Um, uh, and I chose the 3G because it would kill a 1G out of Jacob, although he was pretty much dead meat anyway. Um, but also because it actually had a really great 3G route, whereas it had a really kind of shitty um, uh, four route or whatever it was I would have been buying. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, Pete crushed me there. And so he got ahead of me on the shares and he ended up winning by about 300 bucks, I think it was when we were all said and done. Um, but uh, but I came back strong. I mean, after, you know, Pete had, Pete had already put himself up, but <laughs> he, the, the well, because we started the token in the wrong spot, um, he got absolutely screwed on the tokens. And um, and he was running a six train as a three train for a while. Like, and I mean for a while, several ORs until he finally broke out. It was eventually able to run as a six train. Um, that that thing just, that, that, that purple company stank the high heaven. Um, and, and to the train shuffling guys, uh, Johnny and Eric, um, I listened to, I mean, I haven't finished your most recent podcast. I, I've listened to most of it. And you, you talked about friendly, like not tokening guys, guys, you know, you're not playing with your, your wife and your sister, you're, you're playing with your buddy. And that means you got to get the knives out. Um, no, no friendly, no token link. This game is all about, ah, you bought a 10 train. You're running it as a four. Congratulations. Um, this is, this is not a game, um, to not token, um, that, I mean, I've seen players withhold, you know, $400 to lay a token because it would kneecap in this game. And you have to do that. Um, you have to token um, to, to reduce the payouts. Um, and, uh, and Jacob really got screwed. We realized at one point he's finally operating the blue company because he didn't have enough cash to buy shares. And so it actually spent an OR where it didn't run and he finally operates it. And that's when we realized that there is no way the blue company is ever going to reach Vienna. It, there's no track upgrades. There's, uh, you know, he's been tokened out. And even though there's some track that maybe if he was able to upgrade it, we've already laid the upgrades he needed. And there was just zero way for him to get to uh, Vienna. And so I think he was running a 4G or maybe a 3G, I think it was a 4G, um, for like $13 a share. Um, and that just stank. And so, I mean, I don't know what Jacob's filing score was, but it was way the hell down there. Um, so, yeah, strategy on 24 continues to be, um, you know, start your, um, <clears throat> transform your coal company into a... Uh, publicly traded company 
at the right point so you can lay tokens. Probably the right point is right after the orange forms. Um, maybe even right before if you have the cash. Pete was able to get 80% of his black company in. I was cash poor because my out-of-pocket train purchase. Um, and uh, so I only got five shares when it started and managed to get the sixth in the next stock round. Um, but uh, yeah, and then, well, and then the interesting thing was is because I had had to pay out of pocket and I bought such a great train for that company that was a G train and therefore paying into the um, the treasury with the, the coal run. Um, when I actually, the, the KK finally formed on the sixth train, it had like $1,400 in its treasury. Uh, I bought a, or I upgraded a 3G to a 4G, which I ended up pushing over into my yellow company, and an eight train. So that's like, I, I don't remember, I think it was like $1,200 or something. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was, so at the end I was running, uh, well, by the end end, I was running a 4G and a 5G in the yellow and an eight that was actually being, only had to hit one dip to get eight. Um, so it was actually a fairly efficient eight. Um, by the end of the game. So, yeah, the, the formula for success um, continues to be, you know, transform that company at the time when laying tokens is appropriate. Um, and uh, um, I, uh, in the three-player game, it's pretty easy to par them at $100. Um, so they're going to have plenty of cash. Um, and, uh, you know, um, screw with the trains. Uh, excuse me, uh, screw with the trains um, in the middle of the game to force someone to not get a run or, um, you know, have to buy out of pocket. Um, and then also um, form those major companies when it's possibly inconvenient for someone. Pete's major got formed. That was probably the one thing he got kind of screwed on. His major got formed and he only had the presidency. Um, and so I don't think he withheld because he wanted the stock appreciation when I think it continued to move up all the way. But, you know, he's only getting payouts for his presidency. Yeah. But 24, still awesome game. Um, really, really enjoyed that, that game still. Um, we'll get many more plays into that. I hope you enjoyed um, Adam today. I enjoy Adam. I enjoy playing with Adam. I did not get to play with Adam tonight. He played, I thought it was a four-player game of 1870, but it turned out um, uh, Andy's girlfriend, Fern, I want to say, uh, me and my names, um, They uh, Fern was not uh, feeling well, and so she wasn't up for uh, playing a game. Um, but we learned a very important lesson uh, tonight. Never, ever play a uh, three-player game with uh, Adam and Andy playing because one of those two is going to absolutely thrash you. Tonight it was Andy. Andy somehow managed to buy a boatload of three trains and ran them for seven ORs. Adam did his utmost best to rush the trains and try to kill all the threes, but it took him seven ORs. That, I think they told me that they had Andy had an OR set where he got fourteen hundred in cash. They, they weren't; they were like just entering the permanent trains, and so they ended up calling their game. Um, 
I thought their game would take a lot longer. Um, Andy definitely knows 1870 better than Adam, so that that was it. And then we had a, a new player tonight, um, and uh, so Jeremiah um, held a newbies game. Um, if you do, have, if you're in the Bay and listen to this, and you don't consider yourself a very uh, expert 18xx player, and you want to come out and play some you know games, but you're a little intimidated when you when you hear some of the stories about how good some of our players are, don't worry. Uh, let us know that you're looking for a gentler introduction or some learning games, and we set those up. Um, usually it's three player because uh, we'll have an, one you know we'll have two games because that usually pushes us over seven or eight players. Um, but uh, yeah, if you if you want to come learn, um, happy happy to play. So we really like some of the quote intro games. Um, 89 is one of our favorite games. Uh, Mex is one of our favorite games. Um, and uh, you know, 1830 even. Although they like to teach it with 1830, I don't like to teach with 1830 because a lot of times 1830 is all about you know we know the board state, you don't. So you're basically going to get crushed no matter what. Um, and I like I like new players to feel like they have a chance. Anyway, uh, signing off for this week. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Next week, I think I'm going to Wednesday night games. Um, I've been like pushing out a ton of content, um, but I kind of feel like I may be running like podcasts will be done in three months because I'll run out of stuff to say. I talk a lot, but that's a possibility. So um, it'll probably be an irregular publishing schedule. Um, you know. Uh, keep keep an eye out on the Twitters um, and uh, and maybe even the Slack channel. I, I kind of got on the Slack channel um, just just because. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see you next podcast. She's a combination on the wall-based cannonball. Listen to the jingle, the ramble, and the roar As she glides along the woodland to the hills and by the shore Hey folks, Steve McKay here. So as I mentioned in the uh, podcast with uh, on my way home or maybe with Adam, um, the night, uh, Tuesday night before the games, I uh, had to pick up uh, my girlfriend, Estralita, and uh, she gave me some feedback and um, in the spirit of openness and transparency, since I give feedback, um, I thought it'd be, uh, only fair that I, uh, share that with you folks. Now, I'm not lucky enough that Estralita actually plays train games, um, but she's a fantastic girlfriend, takes an interest in things I take an interest in, and she listens to, eh, between five and ten podcasts a day, so she's, um, she's pretty qualified to critique a pro- podcast, so, um, Here's some lightly edited uh, audio from our conversation um, with her giving me feedback. I, I hope you enjoy. Yeah, I'm recording us now, so don't yell at me. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't. you got to talk. They can't hear you if you just move your mouth. I don't yell. <laughs> you don't yell? <laughs> I was just I actually enjoyed the podcast, although I didn't really understand a lot of stuff. I was going to say, I like... <laughs> I finished chat, chat, 
the Chattanooga one, the Chattanooga reflections. Ah. Can they give me some feedback? Yes. Um, when you reference other people's either podcast games or game ability, I would frame it more as either input or um, whatever instead of um, uh, <laughs> they didn't really do their stuff right or whatever. Uh, like like I was too much um, they were doing it wrong. Ish. Did I say did I say that like negative things about podcasts? No, no, no. no um, not not other podcasts, but other games or game people's abilities, or or um, the games in like. So when you said game people's abilities, what do you you mean like the, when I talk about their games? No, or when you talked about some person? Both. So when you reference Jeremiah or whatever... Um, what oh, so here's my other question What did I say you. about Jeremiah? No, you loved him. Oh. Um, the other question... Here's the question I had. Okay. You had quite a bit of feedback for game designers. But is that your audience? Um, I think that there's a large number of people who... Uh, play these games that want to create these games too. Ah, okay. Um, and, um... Because I just said, how big is that universe? Because you seem to be... There was quite a bit of content there, particularly in the Chattanooga episode. Yeah. About, if you're doing this game, do this, because this is more engaging. And, and I'm like, hey, that's great, but how big is the universe of game designers? Um... I I think the universe of game designers is fairly small. I mean, like, but the the universe of 18xx players is fairly small. Right. So, so like in the general populace, there's a lot of people who, um, you know, kind of wish they could design a game. That was a burp. That was Did a you burp. have? I had pizza at home. That makes you burp. Apparently. Well, I had some beer too. So did I. So the other thing I was... Um, hmm? I kind of figured you did. <laughs> no, I know. You can smell beer. Beer is like... Beer is one thing I really try not to drink because it smells. It's stinkier. Okay, here. Hold on. Are you going to record us? I'm recording us right now. Let's see what... No, stop! Okay, now you can talk. Hello, Mike. We are testing you. You are currently <laughs> at chest level on the seatbelt. On the bosoms. Keep going. How so anyway, do, you were how saying... How do I sound? You were saying about... Um, at yeah. least the content of the Chattanooga one, at, for, a push, for a a section of it, sounded like it was directed to, a, um, to game designers, which I didn't think was a huge universe. I thought it would be a bigger universe to just talk about the actual games and the strategy and playing of the games, but... Um, it is a bigger universe, right? So, it is a bigger universe. I, I'm trying to influence. So the the, the world of 18xx players is small. Mm-hmm. There are you know, maybe a thousand mm-hmm. in the U.S. Right, but of those thousand, there's probably 
50 that want to make a game. Uh, okay. So it's a fairly high percentage, mm-hmm. maybe even higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also, I mean, it was just I was just like, it was my biggest takeaway from the convention was that they, that we played these. You two. were just you seemed to be really stunned by the uh, subway game. Stunned? When you say stunned, what do you mean? Uh, that you weren't expecting to get that much satisfaction from it. Ah, yes. Because of the challenge that it seemed to present to you intellectually. Yeah, so the challenge with Gary's games is they have the kitchen sink thrown in them. Oh, can I make a um, 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 comment on particularly the subway game? Yes. You made it sound like you saved this game. Like it saved his game? As if, like, the one... if you hadn't rewritten the rules... You, it, people might not have gotten how good the game was. The game was unplayable with the rules that he had. Okay. Well, like, you need like, to seem a little more, I. More humble. It, or at least more generous to the creators. Um. Um. Yeah. All right. Is that all right? Yep. No, that's all good right. feedback. That's good um, feedback. The other thing that seemed kind of fun was that, hey, looking forward to having my friends Jeremiah and the other guy join me on some other podcast later. Do they know about that? Yeah. Do, so, they, do they know you're doing a podcast? Yeah, so tomorrow, um, I've already sent Adam the outline that we're going to talk about Okay, tomorrow. so he got to be prepped for it. Yeah, okay. no, he's already got is the Is that outline. why we're testing the mic? That's why one Adam of the reasons we're testing the mics. Okay. So hold on a second. I sent you that screen grab of that guy, yes. that all aboard games guy, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Steve, what did he say? It was Steve's so, brutal or what was something? I forget. I've got it written down so that I can talk about the podcast. A couple but. of things. When you reference people, it would be better if you knew their names. You apologize multiple times of people, and I'm glad you were giving them credit for it. Except you didn't even remember their names. I think because of the audience of your podcast and you could make it could be a bigger audience. If I remember Make a note names. of the names. Yeah, well I, I don't use notes. <laughs> I know, but maybe you need to because yeah, so I, 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 attribution would be nice to certain people. Um it or if you don't remember them, I wouldn't even reference. I remember the the guy's name was this, but I don't remember. In it's it might be better to just say I was talking to someone, blah blah blah, uh. and they said this. Um, um, it seems less throwaway uh. if you just mention it and then. But I don't even remember your name because I'm not good with names. And you said that a few times. And I know you're not good with names. Then just don't talk about them or uh, reference them more in general. That way it just doesn't seem like... Because your prefacing that you are not good with names doesn't help when you don't actually acknowledge the person. So, uh, is that okay? Yep. Can I give you that kind of advice? Yep. And I would have said that same even if I didn't have a beer. <laughs> or more than one beer. <laughs> And two old fashions. Yeah, the mighty rush of the engine here, that lonesome hobo squall. Traveling through the jungles on that Wabash cannonball. 
Ready? Yeah.